0: Episode 29. This is the Annex Wealth Management SWAD podcast. Monday, December 12th. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. This is insight and perspective from members of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee. In the studio today, Jason Cooper, research analyst. Welcome. Thank you. Todd Boyd is chief investment strategist at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Thanks. What you guys got this week? Really important CPI report on uh, tomorrow, actually, expected to come in at 7.1%. Average hourly earnings earnings coming in at 5.1%. But on Wednesday, you got the Fed meeting, pretty much baked in the cake, expect 50 basis point rate hike. You know, but that ties into baked in the cake. But the market turns when negative earnings expectations and and positive expectations take over. You still got to go through January when you got CEOs and CFOs on earnings calls projecting out to 2024. So yeah, pretty well understood that Fed's going to beef up rates a a half a point, but going to come into uh, play later and we'll talk about that. Thursday, we got retail sales usually average three to 4% in a range of one to 6% when those numbers come in. There's still some hangover from pandemic spending, so that should be decent, like 8.1% decent. And then uh, excess savings are working down and credit card Debt is rising, kind of tapering off, but a pretty strong growth rate in credit card debt. In strengths, what do you got for strengths, Jason?
1: This might surprise a lot of listeners. You know, you talk to basically anyone, and and everyone kind of feels like there's a recession going on. But the economy returned to growth in the third quarter, and it looks like growth is accelerating in the fourth quarter. So the Atlanta Fed GDP Now model is projecting that growth will hit 3.2 percent for this quarter. And that's also well ahead of economists' expectations. And you're seeing it across wide swaths of the the economy. So you continue to see strong non-farm payrolls reports. So that's businesses continuing to hire. You're seeing real consumption. So even adjusted for inflation trend higher. You're seeing real capex. So despite poor CEO confidence, businesses are still investing And then a lot of those supply chain bottlenecks are easing and have almost returned to what we saw pre-pandemic. So that's another source of strength.
0: Right. And, you know, we have a graph that we, you know, sketch out the future back in June, where we did have GDP. We, you know, if you recall, in the early part of the year, we went through this technical recession of two negative. And and that was really non-event and economically, but the the real deal was sketching out that future, you know, they have an idea. And we had to GDP being positive in Q3, Q4, and then falling in 2023. And so far, that graph is pretty much right on. The markets rallied off a low. That's another strength. And and yields on bonds came down, benefits housing when lower rates. So mortgage rates peaked at 741. They're now 661. That helps. And then the breadth of the market's better than the S&P 500 market weight where you've got a lot of technology and heavyweight stocks. The equal weight uh, is an indication that the, the, the rallies broaden out. Uh, you got China reopening as a strength that drives a rally in copper, not to mention Chinese stocks, emerging market stocks, a bitter in, in reflation.
1: I always think about a reflation trade. What's going to benefit right. consumers and businesses? And you've had rates decline. You've had the dollar weakened by almost 10% and you have oil prices effectively flat on the year.
0: You know, and that's what some people should be thinking about. We talk about that, and we'll get to that in opportunities, but the recovery trade, so to speak, for the U.S., because, speaking of the up-and-coming, you get to June, after the first of the year, you're going to start hearing projections for 2024. The market in June is looking into 2024, and, and so... In the 2024, 20, you might be expecting a recovery in the, in, in the data. So weaknesses ahead of CPI. The market has been drifting down the past several months. CEO investor consumer confidence had been is dep- absolutely depressed, mm-hmm. falling hard. Strategus research firm that receive information from consumer stress indicators skyrocketed.
1: The consumer stress indicator that looks at food. Costs at home, right. mortgage rates, and gasoline prices. And it's the highest it's been now since it looks like maybe the late 80s.
0: Right. A lot of things are, you know, go, harken back to the late 80s or early 80s. <laughs> it affects growth in the economy because lower CEO sentiment has translated into lower capex spending. Confidence tends to bottom at bottoms in the economy you know, the question is, has it bottomed or do we have more to go? And to that point, again, looking out ahead, if you know where the bottom of the economy is in this recession that we're supposed to have in 2023, the worst part of that, then back up six, nine months and you know where the bottom of the market is because it's going to anticipate those changes.
1: Yeah, that, that brings up uh, Warren Buffett's quote. I think he used to say, in the short run, the market is a voting machine, but in the long run, it's a weighing machine. So as the market starts to discount the fact that there's going to be a recession, people are by nature behavioral. They panic, they sell, they don't think about price. But over the long run, it's, it's a weighing machine. You use interest rates to discount values of securities, whether it be stocks or real estate and the market is gonna discount that recovery in advance and bottom prior to the, the recession bottoming.
0: Real wages been negative for six quarters.
1: Yeah, we started off talking about the consumer and how they might be thinking we're already in a recession despite strengths in the economy. And the consumers effectively had six quarters of negative real wages. And they've had to offset that, talking a little bit about economic strength, by drawing on revolving credit that had been paid down a little bit during the period of, of the coronavirus pandemic when everyone was receiving free stimulus checks. But revolving credit lines have accelerated back towards trend. The savings right now, it's the lowest level since 1959, maybe before then, but that's as far back as the data goes. And then Jamie Dimon on his third quarter conference call, everyone talks about this cash cushion <coughs> the consumer has, but he says their balance sheets are going to be whittled down by middle of 2023. And if you're in a position where you're eating into your savings, you're not really positioned well.
0: Right. And it, it you know, means consumer spending is going to weak. It'll be a drag on the economy. Before we get too depressed about the weaknesses, what about opportunities? You know, what I see, and I, I know we talk about it, but... I got to tell you, the, the opportunities, I wanted this in a strength, but it's a little too early to be a strength. But portfolio diversification, if I had a theme for this SWAT podcast is portfolio diversification as a strength and an opportunity. You, you listen to broadcasters and they talk about how bad the 60-40 portfolio is. And I keep thinking, that's the last nine months. What about the next nine months? What about the next couple of years? And and the, and the crux of that is the bond part of that. That's the 40%, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And you, so you've got, what's that 40% going to do next year? I don't care about the last. I know what happened the last nine months it's, and then how bad the 60-40 is. That's an aberration. That happens every 20 years or the last significant decline we've had in both stock and bond markets, which is what people are seeing on their statements, that's an unusual situation. But if you got both markets down 15% on stocks, 15% on bonds, what's the portfolio down on a 50-50 portfolio? Well, it's down 15%. But usually one's higher and one's lower and your portfolio's in between. I wouldn't count out that 60, 40 portfolio. Right now, I think it's a strength and opportunity going forward and that's coming from the higher risk-adjusted returns, not higher absolute returns out of bonds, but higher risk-adjusted returns you're gonna get out of bonds. And it's not my opinion, it's the math of bonds. If you're at 900, and so, you know, I explained it this way. You start at 1,000, you end at 1,000 five years later. If it's a CD, the principle never changes. But if it's a bond, there's no penalties or anything. The bond goes down to 900, up to 1,100, down to 900, up to 1,100, and it matures at 1,000. And the key is it matures at 1,000. So we're sitting here at 900 on 1,000. It's going to mature at 1,000, all these bonds. The point is they kind of have this self-correcting property that's that 40% of the 60 40. What stocks do? Well, that's the speculative part. You know, we can all guess what the market's going to do next year, but
1: and, and and speaking of next year, if if we do hit a recession, treasury yields have re-rated significantly higher. So, maybe you get the return of treasuries acting as a risk-off asset. I mean, I think that's kind of right. what we're expecting going forward.
0: And that, what that means is you can Besides the yield, at a minimum, you get the yield, which just happens to be 47 seven on treasuries, 6% on investment grade. But you might also get some capital gain is what you're you're referring to as the, the risk off and people go into bonds. And you actually get some capital gain off of that. One thing, you got inflation falling here that's beneficial to bonds, but we suspect it's not going to fall, obviously, down to 2%. Uh, there's going to be a sacrifice in there that the Fed has to make to switch off of this and hard landing and driving the economy deep into recession. They might have to settle for 3 4% inflation, which is positive for bonds.
1: And we've been talking as a team about you know structural reasons for inflation to be higher, one of them being a lack of capex in areas like energy and other real assets. So think of commodities like copper, lithium, lithium. Commodities that will effectively be important to the greenification of our energy sources. But then you also have aging demographics. So a Mm -hmm. contraction right now over the last couple of years of the size of the labor force. You have the shift from globalization to local production. These are structural forces that might prove to be inflationary. So maybe the Fed will have to reassess whether a 2% target is appropriate, or if in this environment, they need to settle for something 3 right. to 4%. Exactly. And, and then there are securities. So if, speaking of opportunities, there are securities in that in, environment that would benefit. So certain stocks that are, I would say, inflation beneficiaries. So maybe some mm-hmm. of those energy stocks or copper producers, but also stocks that are capital light and, re- and uh, reasonably priced. So growth at a reasonable price stocks. And if the Fed does have to err on the side of easing, maybe that means a weaker dollar and that could catalyze a recovery in international securities.
0: That's a great point because what I I would add to that is, you know, we've had dollar weakness in this last quarter. There's a difference between sort of this correction, a correction and a change in trend. Change in trend, you know, trends are higher highs, higher lows, or lower lows and lower highs. And in the trend, you have corrections and rallies. But what's the trend? Have we turned the corner into a weak dollar trend? In short term, you know, we had dollar weakness. We'll see how that plays out in the 2023 and 2024. We've got to move on to threats. What I'll just add is in terms of threats, we've got weak uh, retail sales going through to 2024, pulling GDP down. And that's
1: a manifestation of if the consumer is in a weak position right. now and their balance sheet has a terminal rate towards the middle of next year, then they're going to have to sacrifice spending and try to build up savings or at least not disave.
0: Right, which Or not consume or consume <laughs> less. So no capitulation by retail investors during this bear market like we've seen in 2000, 2002. That- is why I wouldn't rule out a, another down leg in this market. But we have a graph that we've used, and in, it in, was in the July letter to clients. But in that graph showed two bear markets. And I've expanded that to, to start talking about, I drew some dotted lines in there, and I said the market bottoms six, nine months before the economy and all that. But the floor of the market in those graphs, in these natural recessions and bear markets, individual investor terms is like minus 25%. The, the actual percentages are on the graph. We might say, well, we see the S&P at thirty-two fifty. Not a lot of people even know what the S&P is. But the point is, is that we're bouncing around at the bottom. So which, you know, if you're Pick up stocks in at the end of September, mid June, January. If the market retests the thirty two fifty, what difference does it make? Except you lost interest for that three months, six months. But the point is, you're increasing the weighting the, the stocks at that bottom, and you're in it for a long haul anyway. Right. So the way to look at it probably is that we're bouncing around at the bottom. So um, the rally in the market comes. With some loosening financial conditions and um, change in those earnings estimates, I do want to point out that the threat is that earnings contraction, that we have negative earnings this year. But it's not unusual to have positive returns in the market in negative years. you got a table that's gone out in letters over the years that show that. You have positive earnings years, strong earnings growth, 30%. You got a negative return in the market or vice versa. And the reason is that the market's looking ahead into that next year or six, nine months, 12 months later.
1: Even though right now the market is pricing in a nominal growth in earnings, or at least analysts are making that assessment, as the year plays out, analyst estimates tend to come down by 7%. And if they do next year, then you will have an earnings contraction. But to your point... It's what you own. So can you lever the portfolio towards areas that are underpriced or undervalued? And then it's also a function of when is the market going to bottom? It's going to bottom ahead of that recession anyways. So what you need to do in this environment is maintain financial discipline and look to in my opinion, increase your exposure to equities, especially these Correct. ones that will benefit in the next recovery.
0: Right, and that's you know that speaks to that graph that on you know astute investors, whether individual or professional, are looking to the other side of the of the bear market and how to make money in that market. Let's roll around the room and look at our headlines. What's our headline strength, guys? You got accelerating GDP growth in this quarter for now, and it's better than economists' expectations so far. Headline weakness.
1: Crisis of sentiment and the consumer's ability to spend on a go-forward basis.
0: Headline opportunity. Future returns of fixed income. And our headline threat.
1: The economy deteriorating into a recession, but always bring that back to the opportunity. Buy the panic and hold for the long term.
0: Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast, episode 29. Jason Cooper, research analyst. Thank you. Thank you. And Todd Boyd, chief investment strategist. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Annex Wealth Management, LLC, is a registered
1: investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect on those of Annex Wealth Management, LLC. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or a solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risk. Neither Annex Wealth Management LLC nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.